So one day Jesus heads down to this swimming pool in Jerusalem and there's blind, lame, paralyzed people all hanging around the pool. And they believed in a legend that the pool was actually magic. They believed that an angel would stir the water and if the angel stirred the water and if people dove in, the first one in the pool got healed. Very strange. Well, there was one man there who was unable to walk for almost 40 years and Jesus sees the guy and just zones in on him and he says, do you wanna be healed? And the man says, uh, yeah, but I, I can't walk and I don't have anyone to carry me to the pool. There's always people ahead of me in the line. And Jesus says, forget the legend right here, right now. If you want to be healed, get up, take your bed and walk. And immediately the man is healed and he stands up and he can walk. And it's this amazing, wonderful miracle. It's a changed life. But the Pharisees, the religious leaders, they're standing nearby and they don't see a changed life. No, they see a broken rule. And so the Pharisees say, Jesus, you know it's the Sabbath. That's our holy day. Why are you working on the Sabbath? And these guys are obviously hypocrites. I mean, if their arm got chopped off, you know they would be the first ones banging on the doctor's door to do the work of fixing their arms. But the Pharisees say, we have rules, Jesus. No working on the Sabbath. But Jesus responds and he says, when my father is working, I am also working. And hey, guess what? My father is always working. And the Pharisees respond, how can you compare yourself to God? Who do you even think you are? You see, the Pharisees were ones who believed they were rich in spirit, but in truth, they had nothing. Jesus is the only one who can really say he is rich in spirit. And Jesus could be prideful, he could boast, and he could say, hey, do you even know who I am? I am the son of God. But instead he says, I'm telling you guys the real deal. The son can't do a thing independently. He can only do what he sees the father doing. What the father does, the son does. The father loves the son and includes him in everything that he's doing. And you Pharisees haven't seen the half of it yet because in the same way the father raises the dead and creates life, so does the son. The son gives life to anyone he chooses. Neither he nor the father shuts anyone out. The father handed all authority to judge over to the son so that the son will be honored equally with the father. Anyone who dishonors the son dishonors the father for it was the father's decision to put the son in that place of honor. This is incredible. Jesus models for us this complete dependence on God. He says, I can't do anything without my father. And some of you might be listening to this thinking, this isn't for me, I'm doing fine. If that's you, listen, this message is for you. Because if Jesus needed to acknowledge he couldn't do anything without God, how much more do we need this? The reality is that everyone is spiritually in poverty, whether it's Kanye West or Billy Graham or me or you. Everyone is spiritually poor. The difference is not everyone sees it. As humans, we want to feel good about ourselves. We want to think we're doing okay. But the truth is that without Jesus, we have nothing. And Jesus used to throw these dinner parties. And you know who he invited? Sinners, 
prostitutes, tax collectors, liars, thieves, drunks. You know who he didn't invite? Religious people. Jesus was so controversial. The, the Pharisees would get offended, probably jealous. Why are you eating with these sinners, Jesus? And Jesus' response in the Gospel of Mark was, Hey, listen, guys. It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And the Pharisees would respond and say, Well, you certainly are, Jesus. We're, we're going to leave these sinners, and we're going to be the ones who go and be righteous. See, in the Pharisees' minds, they thought, We're the good guys. Everyone else is the bad guys. But Jesus is hardly ever that straightforward. Jesus calls us to read between the lines. What was the question they asked Jesus? Jesus, why do you eat with sinners? What was his answer? The healthy don't need a doctor, it's the sick that do. I haven't come to save the righteous, but sinners. Here's the catch. In God's word, we see in Romans 3.11 that there is no one righteous, no, not one. Jesus knows that no one is good except God. No one is righteous. He's hinting to these Pharisees, I'm not here for the self-righteous. These guys were so puffed up with their own idea of their own excellence. And yet Jesus was looking for those who were empty. The Pharisees would look at the sinners and think, disgusting, sick, perverts, sinners. I'm glad I'm not like them. But Jesus was looking for those who were fed up and disgusted with their own sin, not the sin of others. When Jesus told the Pharisees, I didn't come for the righteous, only the sinners, he wasn't saying, you Pharisees are the righteous good guys, I came for the bad guys. No, Jesus was trying to draw attention to the reality that the Pharisees were also sinners. They were also unrighteous. Jesus actually came for them too, but they were unwilling to open their eyes and see it. None of us is good. None of us is righteous. And you, you might be hearing this and think, oh, I don't like this. I don't like hearing about how I'm not good. But it's only when you realize how not good you are that you can clearly see how good Jesus is. And then you can fully appreciate what he does in your life. You know, so many times I think we're trying so hard in our own efforts to prove our own goodness. We're trying to show people, I'm a good person, I'm trying, I'm doing good things. And it reminds me of somebody who is sinking in quicksand and they've got super glue all over their arms and they're, they're trying so hard to grab things to hold on to, to pull themselves out of the quicksand. But because of the super glue, the stuff is just sticking to them and, and, and all this heavy weight is getting pulled down into the quicksand. That's our life. We've got this sin nature pulling us down and our own self-righteousness, we think it's going to save us, but really it's like super glue and it pulls everything else down with us. I don't know if you've ever had super glue stuck to you, but it's really, really hard to get off. Well, it's the same way with our sin nature. That thing is stuck to us, but Jesus is the one who can get it off. He's the one who can step in and help us overcome our sin nature. And when we depend on him, when we turn to him, when we say, Jesus, I'm not good, but you are. Help me to be like you. Change my heart, change my ways. He'll do it. That's what he's all about. That's what he loves to do. 
If that's you today listening to this, I want to encourage you. Instead of trying so hard in your own efforts to be a good person, turn to Jesus, the only good person, and ask him for help. Say, Jesus, show me what to do next. Show me how I can grow. If there's sins I need to leave behind, show me how to walk out of them into freedom. I just want to trust you. I just want to be patient and let you guide and direct me. That's what I need. That's what you need. That's what we all need. And that's my prayer is that you would discover that. I love you guys. I'm praying for you. And until next time, we'll talk soon.